What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough! Hey, behave! Well, everybody else is talking about what isn't happening, John. Phillies, Yankees, we're here to talk about what is happening. And thank goodness... there is almost too much happening today to get it all into a podcast. Almost. There is, guy. And we, we went through a stretch. And as content producers, it just it's a natural progression of talkers that the months of June and July can die a little bit. Now, U.S. Open typically is in June, so that keeps me going. But July is slow, right? July is a month for vacations for people in the, in the talking sports media. This, this year, you know this, but I, I started to crack. The coronavirus. The people don't know, needs, though. People don't know. You hit it well. I was, like a pitcher I, I was getting te- like getting uh, booster shots to keep his arm together. Yeah, I, I, I was losing it. Or, or like, you know, when a guy's get like uh, the the Tortorol shot to just not feel any pain. Exactly. Play through games. Nobody knows. Trying to do that they don't mentally. understand. But his teammates saw. I felt with when baseball came back, some of these big golf tournaments, I won a little money in DraftKings. Jamal Adams got traded. I, I just feel like actual shit's happening again. I, I can only... I like hypotheticals as much as the next guy. Hypotheticals, as Jim once famously said. Hypotheticals? But it, it was... It became hypotheticals covered with a lot of negativity. I, I thought Colin Coward's opening rant today kind of hit it on the head. There's just... The media this year is just riding negativity. Whether you believe whatever side they're on, that's up for debate. But it, in, in social media, which is a place that I love to interact and, and have fun, became a na- natural place. So it brought me down, but I feel like I'm back up, guy. I feel like I'm resurrected from the dead. Good. Mental de- mentally dead. Good. Good to have you back. I feel good. It's been I, a battle. I just, I, it's a battle I, I just for need actual con- I just need I, actual I would say What I would say to Colin, the difference, I think we make an active effort to be, to be positive. Because I know when I turn what I turn on, what I listen to, I know what I don't listen to, and it's if it's just talking about the latest news and all the shit that Twitter's talking about, I'm not listening. I can do that on my own. I don't need all of that. So we've been yeah. making an active effort, but you know you have to make an effort to do it and believe that that's what 
you know your listeners want. Um, I do have something for you, John. This is a DM I got from Mitch, who said, "Now that promo Holtis? code ham, hmm? Mitch Holtis, voice the Kansas City Chiefs." Uh, yeah, Mitch Holtis. What's his? What was his? Uh, what was his touchdown, Kansas City? Right. Is this like his <laughs> play by play by play guy Vilikov. Um, Mitch DM me on Instagram where you can DM both of us and said, now that promo code ham are soccer nuts, here's how you pronounce Christian Pulisic's last name. So let me see if I can play this for you through my phone on the DMs. Pulisic. Did you catch that? Yeah, Pulisic. 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 Okay. Do you know what he needs, guy? Is a nickname. Pulisic. How about CP? I just call him CP. The Great American Hope? Yeah, CP. From now on, CP. CP, CP, the Great American Hope. On the pitch. There you go. All right, John. This podcast is brought to you by Ease.com promo code HAM. Yep. Ease.com promo code HAM. Also told promo code HAM 20 works as well. Try HAM. Try HAM 20. Tell your friends if you've already used it. We need you guys to use this promo code. Get on it. They got cannabis. They got pre-rolls. They got vapes. They got edibles. They got nighttime. Everything you can think of. Just go to the website. Check it out if you haven't. If you're interested, just ease.com, promo code HAM. We know a lot of you guys are. A lot of you have used it in the past. Tell your friends. Tell your roommates. Tell your girlfriend. Tell your father and mother. They have lotion. They got it all. I mean, they have it all. Ease.com, promo code HAM, promo code HAM20. Get on it, guy. Get on it, people. The key here is to share. If you've already used it, that's the key to share with others. If you've already used it, share with others. Or, you know, I mean, there's ways, you know, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on We've all done it. Uh, ease.com promo code ham. It's, I mean, just, just start listing areas, right? WeHo, Soho, Soma. Yeah. It's all there. Fresno, SAC. Those are LA places Oakland, from the list. East LA, yeah. San Diego, yep. you name it. It's all Contra over Costa California. County. Modesto. Yeah, I love our friends in Modesto. Lodi. Nationwide. Fresno, 21 or over. Get on Ease. it. Get on it. Ease.com. All right. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Promo code HAM in the numeral one. They will match your first deposit dollar for dollar. Uh, but they're also throwing in a free $10 NBA future bet. I don't think I mentioned this last time. They're also adding a $10 NBA future bet when you use the promo code HAM and the number one, HAM1, when you sign up at MyBookie.ag. To me, guy, I, I just wrote down before we hopped on three good bets: basketball, baseball, and golf. First with basketball, the future bet. The Lakers are the heavy favorites right now, and I, I saw some clips. They do look pretty good. Like they got LeBron, they got a chance. I think when you just talk about value, though, the Clippers are three to one, almost double. The Lakers are basically one and a half to one. Clippers are double that. They got Kawhi Leonard. Last time I checked, guy, he's won two championships. I, didn't he win a championship last year? Aren't the Clippers pretty freaking good? Don't they have a roster of like 20 guys that are legit? Like they're deeper than the Lakers. Three to one, just from a value standpoint, I, I think is as good as it gets. I like the Clippers three to one. I that, That's the bet that stands out to me. I'll give you another one in the uh, spirit of what we're talking about today. Jimmy Garoppolo to win the MVP, 30 to one. 30 to one, Jimmy Garoppolo for the 2020 NFL MVP. That's the same odds as Josh Allen, the quarterback. I not gonna lie, kind of like Josh Allen's sneaky <laughs> as a sleeper as well. How about Drew Brees? Dix. How about Drew Brees at twenty to one? Not terrible. I, I feels like he would have to be extraordinary to get it. Like I think Jimmy, 
actually, if he has like a 40 and 10 and they go 13 and three again, he would have a chance. How about this odds guy? Three and a half to one for the Yankees. Do you just watch when they play? Like every guy that comes up could legitimately hit it 500 feet. I do like watch just, when they play. They have guys that are backups that would be by far the Giants' best players. Gary Sanchez sometimes. Not a lot. I mean, they're, they're, their lineup is stupid, guy. It's stupid. Three and a half to one. Now you got a pit. You got a situational hit in the playoffs, which could be tough for the Yankees. But I just think they're pretty loaded, guy. Three and a half to one Yankees. I think they're the best team in baseball beside the A's. Actually, they odds are probably not bad either. How about this guy? The the WGC tournament this weekend in Memphis. Victor Hovland. You you've ridden him in DraftKings all year long. The guy has just been a machine. Now he hasn't won a tournament. You know, some of his wolves been in the mix. I think he finished second on the, the tournament that DeChambeau won. Kind of their counterpart in the same age group, Mark Howell won. But Hovland has probably been the most consistent of the three guys, right? Yeah. Every he, if you just draft him every week, he's getting you 70 to 80 points. He's a machine. He's right there, guy. He's going to, like, Victor Hovland's not just going to win a tournament. He's going to win a tournament when, like, the field is stacked. Hell, he might win a major in the next couple years. 25-1, to 1, Victor Hovland. I, that's pretty good odds for a guy that's just been playing lights out in 2020, especially on the restart. Because when I hear, like, they've had a good year, I don't count pre-corona. <laughs> No, right? I saw. I, I did draft a guy with like my five thousand dollars at the bottom of my DraftKings. It was like he's made three of four cuts. I'm like, sweet. Wait, this is his first tournament since the restart. Yeah, to, <laughs> that to, doesn't to do me, any the, good for me. To, to me, we have to separate everything, right? It's not like the NBA where the Lakers are just seated one. I get that, but as a golfer, I don't care that you played well at Pebble Beach in February. Like it's it, we're t- it guy. It's almost August first. How about this? So. Have you, you ever played golf? It, it, it turns on you from the range to the course, let alone after four months. Telling me. Uh, yes. As you just described me. Um, although if I'm bad on the range, I'm, I'm also bad on the course. That does travel. Uh, how about this one? You can bet first-round groups who will have the lowest score after the first day of the FedEx, of the uh, WGC event. Hovland, Kepka, and Patrick Reed are all plus 175 in the same group. I I would. You're afraid of Kepka. That's tough. I actually am not just writing Kepka off, but I would. I think the smart money that I would feel good if I put a hundred dollars on Victor Hovland to beat those two guys. Now Patrick Reed's kind of sneaky, you know. It's more yeah, ways than one. A, yeah, to me, he's like playing like a like a. I was gonna say Kyler Murray, but that's he's better than that. You know, just like a good like a Roethlisberger or Rivers. Like you can't just you're not just guaranteed to beat him. Like he might kick your ass. He's good. Ease.com promo code ham. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number number one. one. Uh, Okay, and we'll get to DraftKings later, but as of this recording, that game's almost full, so go check it. Yeah, you better get in early, guy, because our games next week could fill up in the blink of an eye, PGA Championship. We uh, we got an update, too, on uh, another restaurant recommendation. Yeah, the, the other question is, what do we do with the DraftKings next week for a tight for a championship? Do we make the, it's 100 people right now, do we make it bigger? Do we make the buy-in more? Do we make a $20 buy-in instead of the top 20 win money, the top 10 win money, and make it 125 people and just just make it massive at the top of the list? I don't know what that would equate to exactly, but... I mean, a big payout. I, I would so imagine let us the know payout what you guys in think. that would be about 450 bucks. I mean, this week... I think it's 185 Did I make it the top, the top 10 or the top 20 this you, week? You made it top 15, I think, Top 15, week. okay. 
So, so you know, yeah. I, I, I I'm leaning twenty dollars. It's a major. It's gonna feel big. It's it's in our backyard. So, Hell, me and you played the course yeah. a month and a half, two months ago, which gives us no advantage. First place no, pays one eighty this week. Yeah. So I would imagine if we did one twenty five, twenty dollars, you'd be looking at it four fifty. That'd be my vote. And, and, but, but I'm talking like second, third place. You're t- you'd be winning over two hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. That's a pretty good weekend to just get in a game with fucking Haberman Middlecoff and take our money. All right, John. Uh, you, you, was that a personal message to your brother? <laughs> so Jimmy Garoppolo became a big topic of discussion on Tuesday, as he always is. Um, 43 on the NFL Top 100 list. Twitter mostly hated this, predictably. Um, but he's 43rd on the NFL Top 100 list. Now, my initial take was, you know, to me, what really becomes interesting is once you're on a list is what happens next. We'll get to the quarterback tiers. Remember, Derek Carr was once seventh on the quarterback tier list, which is front office execs. Now he's been 20th back-to-back years. So here's Jimmy 43. Okay, well, that's based on what's happened. My question is, is Jimmy going to be 41 like Todd, next year? or Todd, is, Todd Gurley's been a top 10 player in this list before. Yeah, know. so when so Gurley's on this list. Do we think Gurley should be on this list? No, but I understand why he is still on the list because he he's been top 10, yeah. right? I Listen, I, I, I tweeted a couple days ago because I stumbled upon it and just said, listen, I, I put no validity into the numbers on this list. The players vote for it. But the individual breakdowns on players when they have the opponents kind of giving their scouting reports can be really insightful. Like this guy, you're talking about like, you know, some sweet defensive tackle. You're like, you get this guy, he kicks your ass, he's so strong. Like giving like legit scouting reports. On Jimmy's, I was interested to be like, oh, is like uh, Jalen Ramsey going to talk or Aaron Donald going to talk or some of the Chiefs? It was his own teammates. So it wasn't other guys saying how dynamic he is. It was... It was Kyle Juszczyk did a lot of the talking, who clearly loves him. Again, I don't put much stock into where you're ranking. I do understand it, though, and and I think, I feel like we've jumped the shark and moved so far away, and part of this is just the last moment you have as a player. If it doesn't go well, it kind of perpetuates and snowballs on itself in negativity. And I, I do feel if you just ask the casual fan, Jimmy Garoppolo, they would say overrated, not as good not a top 50 overall player in the NFL and probably not in this list, the equivalent of a top 10 quarterback in the league. I don't have an issue with it. I actually feel pretty good about if he's the quarterback on my team winning big games. Like I I just saw it in, in several different fashions, physical games, throw it all over the yard games. Like he can do it all different ways. I think he's undervalued at this point, but on this list, like I, I saw people tweeting like, he's ahead of Chris Jones and non-quarterback, which I get. Because this list, unlike the quarterback list we'll get in, is independent of positions. It's why, like, a Khalil Mack or an Aaron Donald can, or a J.J. Watt can be, like, one. Right? Yeah, but I mean, Julio that's, Jones. that's what complicates it, is that quarterbacks can't be independent, right? Like, no. here's, here's the one, that's why, one way That's I why the list and the exercise is kind of stupid. Here's one way to think about it. What would you say if I told you the Niners could add the best player in the league at a position of need, what position would they pick right now? They, you could just the Niners get to pick the best cornerback or the best receiver in the NFL. What would, who would they take? Well, pick Julio, Jalen Ramsey, no non-quarterback. non-quarterback. Yeah. Uh, 
I think they'd probably take like a Jalen Ramsey. Okay. Type, just an unreal DB. So does Jalen Ramsey belong higher on this list than Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. Uh, yes. Right. Would the Niners trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Jalen Ramsey right now? No. To me, th- this is th- that is why when you say, like I saw Benjamin Albright tweet. Kyle just texted me. He said, have you seen Nick Mullins practice tape lately? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, like Benjamin Albright had a good tweet. He's like, a non-top 10 quarterback can't be top 50. And I get it. But it's, but but that exercise of like, would you trade him for Jalen Ramsey right now is to me why he ends up 43rd on this list. And I my opinion is that he'll be higher on this list next year. Now, the question is, is he going to be 13th or is he going to be 39th? And it's going to be this thing where every year we're just debating Jimmy Garoppolo and how good he is. Because if it turns into that, then you probably are looking for another quarterback at some point. Well, I I just – so they announced last night 50 through 41. And, for example, Jimmy was a couple spots ahead of Dak. I have no problem with that. Like, I would take Jimmy over Dak. But there are also – this is part of the list. Like, Clowney was a couple spots above him, which I could understand if I was, like, an offensive tackle. Because I would say – Jimmy, if you pulled every team in the league, they would take Jimmy Garoppolo over J. Davion Clowney. But I can understand this is a player vote. If you're just Mitchell Schwartz or Joe Staley and you're filling out your ballot, you're like, fuck, you want to block this guy? You you seen this guy? Like I I get where players this is why the Sando article is more of a big picture, kind of a thought exercise with guys that naturally think like that. I think as players if you just got the the New Orleans like uh what's the kid's name I, I can never I always screw up his name the the safety from the Marcus Saints went to Utah Marcus Williams if you just let's say he filled out his ballot a week or two after they played the Niners I bet he would go you know everyone says Jimmy's overrated shit he was throwing the ball over the he was all unreal on us looking me off and making these plays around Marcus Lattimore I can uh, individual players are based on the experience they have against that individual player, right? Like it's because to me, once you get the snowball effect of greatness, like Aaron Donald has, you don't even need to play the Rams. You're just like, oh, Aaron Donald, bestie lineman. If I'm just some random corner or wide receiver, you're like, oh, that guy's a bad motherfucker, right? Like everyone just talks about, you see this morning, I got retweeted in my timeline, some like a rookie linebacker was like, bro, I just walked by Tom Brady. He said hi to me, right? So that guy. Wouldn't you say most players in the league over the last decade just vote Brady really high, right? Yeah. He's one of the top Not five. just players, though. Where do you end up on the tier list, too? Uh, uh, no, he was like well, he was six, tier two. I think. Was he tier yeah, two he or he was tier the one? top player. In, I think he was a top player in tier two. Okay. But, the, you know, there's a, wouldn't you say there's like a group of the 20, Julio and just J.J. Watt forever? Then there are the Jimmy Garoppolos and Dax, I think, and just that, that type player, even a Nick Bosa, who the, the the teams that played him and they were impressed, the, you're going to have, it's going to be kind of skewed. And I think Jimmy, if for the team, especially in the second half of the season that played Jimmy Garoppolo, the Rams, the Seattle, the Saints, if you pulled those guys at the end of the year, they had you know tough experiences, they're probably outweigh him over some dude on the Browns. They're like, yeah, it's Jimmy Garoppolo, fucking hype. Right, right. right. That That's where I do think like why we, who speak about Jimmy Garoppolo and watch every pass, and I think we can speak the same for Carr. Like, our opinion on these guys, like, I I haven't watched every Roethlisberger snap for the last three years. But when I talk about anyone, definitely on the West Coast, like, I, I feel pretty confidently talking about Phillip Rivers. 
And I think in football, it can be difficult sometimes. Like, if you haven't watched every snap of the top guys, because the ebb and flow on a given year can be, the guy can be playing better or not, right? And I think Jimmy, because he was so new, and the hype on Jimmy before he even started playing kind of outweighed just anything he'd ever done. And then his career kind of, he got injured. And then last year, it felt like the coach and the defense got a lot more credit. Though the second half of the year, me and you were banging the drum. Like, are you guys watching this? Like, he's... He's having huge games and must-win spots when their defense, if you dove back in the last six or seven weeks, it wasn't what it became back in the playoffs because the guys were hurt. It was like Richard missed a game. D. Ford was out. You know, they just, they had body. They were missing bodies. It wasn't Jimmy Ward got banged up. Tart got hurt. Like, it was, they just had, rota- it was like they were outscoring people where the first half, for sure, running the ball down your throat and kicking your ass defensively. That was not the last six or seven games. So, and that's where Jimmy, I thought, thrived, guy. I think Jimmy is generally underrated because he does get a lot of he gets a lot of shit, right? People do talk so much about how overrated he is. I think you and I agree that he is not. More, would yet, you call him the more respected Kirk Cousins right now? Because I do think people I don't say know. He's is he more? Res- I, I mean, yeah, maybe that's not fair. I, I don't, don't know. know, but here's what I do know is this: that you and I believe in Jimmy Garoppolo, but we also believe. Part of that belief is about what we think he can do next. I don't think either one of us thinks right now he's an NFL superstar. I see the potential. I also see the possibility that in three years we're going, well, you know what? It's time for the Niners to find another quarterback who can take them to the next level. Once their team gets more expensive, they need a bigger star. But I do think he can get there. And I think that's part of this is that we are, we're kind of in the early middle of the Jimmy Garoppolo story. I don't think we're and people talk about him like we know what he is definitively, the story's written. And I that's where I disagree, I think, with most people. I think that's where the disagreement comes in with most people, is they look at him like he is what we think Kirk Cousins is right now today. And I would say, no, we know definitively what Kirk's ceiling is. I don't I think we've seen enough from Jimmy to wonder if his ceiling is higher than we've seen to this point. And part of that is he just hasn't played that much he really hasn't played that many live snaps. I think what really skews him is his age and his playing time do not parallel each other, right? Where I think when people talk about Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, who have probably played more games than him, especially Josh, who started every game right since he got to the league, yet they're going into their fourth season, that, or I guess they're going to their third season, going to their third season, that you go, there's just so much upside and so much hope, but they've played, you know, I guess some of them, Sam's missed some games, but, you know, 30-whatever games. Jimmy's really the 16 games started. Like, how many games he started in his career? Like, less than 30? But he's 27, 28. He's in, like, the Derek Carr kind of crew in that in that age bracket. But he's not that player because he hasn't been a seven-year starter. So, it just – I think his situation throws people off and makes him, which is cool for us, a fun conversation. Because there is, a, like, a lot of holes and a lot of... A- I can't... I don't think you're a moron if you take the stance of, yeah, I think he's a little overrated. Like, I, I don't. Right. Like, to me, the like, you're right. The Cousins conversation, to me, is pretty inconcrete. He's solid. You can win with him. Your team better be fucking good. He cannot take over games if shit's hitting the... And you don't want to be paying him what you're paying him. No. And his... Like, there's a huge difference between Jimmy and Kirk Cousins. Jimmy can move. Right? Jimmy can move. And that's where I think Jimmy has more parallels with the Dak and even like Carson and Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. Like, he's really in that mold. 
what Derek kind of should be, but Derek doesn't move as much anymore as those guys. Like when I think of Jimmy, I think of him just making kind of plays with his legs ultimately to throw, but keeps a lot of plays alive, wouldn't you? Yeah. Kind of that where I think his comp, his comp I don't know if he's going to be this good because this guy became a four-time pro bowler, just pulled out of the Corn Ferry Tour, bad wrist. Uh, Tony Romo, like do you think Jimmy, if you said right now, are you confident like people are going to view him as good of a player? He's going to play on better teams more than likely, but like I think most people would be like, Tony Romo was a really solid starting quarterback where people would not say that about Jimmy Garoppolo right now. You're asking if I think he can become a better quarterback no. in terms of his career than Tony? Are you betting on him becoming that good? As good as Tony. Yes, I am. Are you? I am too, strictly because of the situation and the coach he's with. Why? Which is part of the deal. Yeah. I mean, that's, that matters. It might, and that speaks to, yes, Tony, now, probably a better player that he overcame it with shittier teams and shittier coaches, for sure. Part of this is, you know, part of the stuff that gets, like you said, it's the most recent. It's not just the NFC Championship game. I think the end of the first half of the Super Bowl gets used against him a lot because that that is partly people reading Kyle Shanahan's actions as a reflection of Jimmy, right? Like, it's one thing for me to have this opinion, but Kyle Shanahan told me what he thought at the end of that first half. Now, Kyle, I thought, had a really good explanation for why he played it that way. Um, you know, I like if you're a Seahawks fan, you would say, I remember that first meeting between the two teams. I, I'm pretty sure we kicked his ass, right? Isn't that what, what they would say? If you're Jadevian Clowney and you're asked for your for – your, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo opinion, isn't that what you would say? We we just we kicked his ass. What are you guys talking they had about? Some, yeah, they had some drafts, but he could have thrown about 10 picks in that game. That, and that's to me, he has a legit red flag, right? He throws a lot of interceptable balls. He actually that threw is, one early in that game. Remember, on was it the first or second drive? And it got called back because of a hold a defensive holding penalty. Now he I think there was one right that he threw that hits Kendrick Bourne's hands in the home game yeah, the Monday I mean, night game. Again, go. I'm just but, saying I, but, your, your original point I think is important, right? I can understand from a player's perspective how some would so now this is a lot of fans reacting, but how players would say he doesn't belong this high, and yet here he is, he's at forty three. Yeah, t- t- he just has to me, he has one besides like he has just natural ability. One of his greatest strengths, not a pussy, will sit in there and just fucking make plays. And when we get to the Sando article, that's a big deal with defensive coaches. When they go, this guy is not scared. Like, they respect that. Jimmy is not a pussy. The opposite of a pussy. Now, kind of like a Phillip Rivers, I think this was a Tony Romo knock. He just does a lot of like, what are you doing? When I first realized the top 100 was on, I just was flipping channels, I think, on Sunday night. Eric Kendricks was the player, and he had finally, I think it was like, took him a while to get on the list, and like all of his teammates were like, this guy's the most underappreciated guy in the league, and they start throwing his highlights, and the first highlight is the pick in the playoff game, and it's Greg Papa with, Jimmy drops back, Kendricks, sit, what, Jimmy, what are you, no, and it's just, it's, it was just, what are you doing, yeah, right, yeah, and he does that. Good but this problem. goes back to, guy, if he was Josh Allen or Sam Darnold and given the same play time, I don't think we would criticize, but I think he's viewed as you've been in a league forever. You're allowed to throw picks, right? Are you just allowed to throw that many hit-the-guy-in-stride picks, which he does a lot? Yeah. That, so Even if we're his fa- big fans, that is a problem, and that will lose you games. Uh, what do you think is more likely, that he's higher or lower on this list next year? I'd say that's pretty high, guy. Like, to me, if you're just a top in between the 
35 to 50 range. Like, that's pretty strong. My 2021 prediction is that he's ranked 39th. I would say he has more room. Like, I, I think people almost don't realize how solid his season was. <laughs> like, he, that's pretty strong. Like, he could have a little less of a season. They could still be really good, and he could dip a little. Yeah. Or just do the same and kind of dip. I think he'll be a little better, but I think the conversation I would, I would we're guess having he today, dips we, will, a little. we will still be having. 100%. I think it would be basically, unless your MVP prediction, like him have just a Hold blowout. Oh, that wasn't a prediction. Bowl. That was just not, not MVP, sharing but the I'm odds. just saying MVP odd, but just in the mix, having a great season, having like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a Pro Bowl with like Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz, like that type season, for him to be a no brainer, shut the conversation yeah, up. And yeah. even then, if he's just a locked Pro Bowl, is the conversation ending? Because I do think as a quarterback, it takes you a couple years to... It took Russell Wilson a long time. We forget. I, I feel like it took like 24 months of kind of the defense starting to suck, him really expanding to be able to be like, okay, he's great. God, it feels like by now, this year, it might have taken like three or four years. Because now everyone's like, yeah, he's elite. But it was like two years ago, it's like, yeah, is he... He's really, I don't know, man. He doesn't quite see the field. And they were like legitimate conversations, guy. I know. I know. I didn't agree with them, but like there were Greg Papas and like hardcore football people that kind of nitpicked them, which I, listen, like Height that's bias, like saying. John. Height bias. Yeah. John Rahm's not good at chipping. It's like, yeah, he's fucking good at everything. You know? Yeah. Russell throws a couple picks here and I, I, he's elite. I, I, I do think when you start behind the eight ball guy, the conversation on you. And Cousins, the worst case of this. And I think Russell a little bit like this. I think Dak. I think Carson, for example, started ahead of the eight ball. So it's like, you know, he just, he's got some injuries. He'll be okay. I think you're always kind of fighting that. Yeah. And you're always trying to prove it when you, when you start where, where people question you. You know, forever Matt Stafford. Elite talent. Elite talent. Elite talent. Right? Well, I, I think just, one great example of it is LeBron James. The idea that the conversation about one of the greatest players of all time, who, let's remember, was clearly on the path to becoming one of the greatest players of all time from day one. The conversation was once, can this guy win a championship? Not, did you see this guy just take Booby Gibson to the finals? Right? Yeah. And that's and so you just have to overcome it. So then LeBron wins a championship, and what's the conversation? Oh, he proved he can win. When really the conversation should be, how many is this guy going to win? But that's just your first narrative sets up your second narrative. It's just, I don't know. It's well, I, I, I think and I think LeBron, like Bryce Harper, when the hype on you, Trevor Lawrence is going to feel this, and Luck Spieth. felt this, is, out, yes, is outrageous. You, you just start from a different standing. I think it's more difficult when you're like kind of the underappreciated guy who then is kind of good. People always like, well, he was underappreciated for a reason. And kind of like we talk sometimes about – the media with coronavirus, how people, everyone kind of picked a side in March, which is crazy. You don't ever want to relent on your side. I think you see this a lot of times in sports with media people and the anonymous GMs. Because if I didn't like her cousins coming out, right, and I said, we should not draft him, well, you were wrong. <laughs> like he was. Kyle Shannon, they were right. Or Dak Prescott or whatever. I don't blame you or – I do blame you. I understand where you're like, yeah, I still don't see it. Like, no, he's, we see it. Now, is it just, is he a $100 million guy? But he's a guy, right? 
Like Dak Prescott, if you thought That's he was hit. an undraftable player, yeah, it's if Kirk it's a Cousins stand-up double. If Kirk Cousins had been the ninth pick of the draft, that would have been a hit. Right for Washington, guy. He's gonna be like a ten-year starter and go to the playoffs multiple times. Like I'm not a big Kirk Cousins guy, oh. but it can't be disputed if he was a. Goes without you're saying. right. If he was the twelfth pick in the draft, he'd still probably be on that team, and they'd feel he'd be like. I think would he be viewed like Matt Ryan? Not Matt Ryan. Like maybe I a, mean that's Matt Ryan's like an M, like a high ceiling MVP guy. But. What one year? One year. Well, but he was. He once you have that year, that kind of is your high water mark, right? But I, does Kirk have that year you, in him? Well, what if I stayed with him? You're saying Kyle? Well, yeah. I wouldn't view him the same. No, but maybe Cousins would tell you that. Well, if I, I had Kyle the whole would. time, well, maybe I would have the same here. Uh, you mentioned Russell. So Sando's tears come out, John. Uh, we love this every year. This is one of the best pieces of uh, journalism that happens, uh, sports journalism, on an annual basis, and that's not overstating it. Mike Sando, The Athletic, Tier 1, Number 1, 50 votes, first place, Patrick Mahomes, no-brainer, easy. Number two, tier one, Russell Wilson. Number three, Aaron Rodgers. I haven't gotten to the MVP yet. Number four, Drew Brees. Number five, Deshaun Watson. Tier two, Tom Brady, number six overall. Lamar Jackson, number seven overall, tier two. Roethlisberger at eight. Nine, Stafford. Ten, Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz, 11. Dak Prescott, 12. Phillip Rivers, 13. Now we're on to Tier 3, Middlecoff. Kyler Murray, 14. Kirk Cousins, 15. Jared Goff, 16. Jimmy Garoppolo, 17. Ryan Tannehill, 18. Cam Newton, 19. And Derek Carr, 20. So there's your top 20. Um, I was listening to some of Sando's podcast on The Athletic with Randy Mueller, your buddy Randy Mueller, former NFL exec. And one thing Randy said was, because this list is a survey um, of NFL front office evaluators, it's 50 coaches and evaluators, it really is a valuable list to other people in the NFL just to kind of get a gauge on where people stand. So he just kind of, not that the list needed validating, but I thought it was just interesting to hear a little more validation. We love this thing. Well, one thing that I put a lot of value into this list is twofold. There is no media. Or any, like, this is all people. And the majority of people, if you notice, when he polls a coach, an assistant coordinator, we played this guy last year. Or we're, he's in our division and he terrifies us. Or vice versa. We played him last year. We thought he was a puss. Right? And it, you just get, like, to me, there is a lot of value there when you're talking to a head coach or coordinator. And I think when you talk to the personnel people, you evaluate, and I did this for two years, I didn't evaluate technically every player in the league, but I was part of a group. Your stock market as a team is knowing the entire league. Because the one thing you realize, and this is why you approach in the draft, even if Tom Brady's your quarterback or Drew Brees, they're a bad example because they're older. But if you're Patrick Mahomes, your quarterback, you're evaluating Baker Mayfield like you might draft him because you never know, right? Guys get traded, guys end up sucking, you can get guys to be your backup, whatever. So you, are, you evaluate every guy in the draft and every guy in the league full bore every year. Now, there, you know, are you going to go full into Patrick Mahomes? Like, no. But I'm just, you get my drift. Especially most quarterbacks. Especially any team you play, and the way the NFL shakes out, you play new teams every year. You, you obviously advance scouting those guys. So the personnel and GM have a feel for, they see the players ranked by their own team every fucking year. 
So I, I, I do think that's, we, we can say what we want, what we think about Jamal Adams and the value. The value of the league is the value of the league. And that, for the players, that's really what matters, right? How you get paid, how, what you get traded for, what your peers kind of think of you. In a, in a, not in a player manner, I think sometimes with the top 100, but in a serious, like, if you could have the ability to get this player, would you trade for him? Like, Because that, that guy, the personnel guy or the head coach, has the juice to actually pull that off, right? especially when it comes to quarterbacks. Because they're probably, once you get to the, you know, team 21 on this list, they don't feel great about their quarterback, right? And then I think you get some of the people on that list, Derek, Jimmy, that you wouldn't say are on scholarship for the next five years. So right. they're just, and then there's a group of the older quarterbacks and Rivers and Roethlisberger that, I mean, God, there's a chance that Rivers and Roethlisberger are not in the NFL next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, Very possible. And to I your think. to your point on evaluations, you know Ryan Tannehill's eighteen. Is did a couple guys vote him that high who had a really high evaluation on him coming out of the draft? Is that does that contribute to why he had ten tier two votes? I I think by the time you get to this point in the guy's career, now if I had him high in the draft and he'd been playing shitty, but then he has a good year again, is it kind of like I told you guys so? I've been trying to tell everybody, even though you've been voting them tier three or four the last couple of years, like I knew it. So yeah, there, there's always self-validation to me from an evaluating standpoint okay. on some of this stuff. All right. Just tell me, do you have a problem? Yes or no with Kyler Murray being ahead of Jimmy? Uh, I understand. Cause when you read the kind of the breakdown of the quotes from a couple coordinators was like, he ran way faster than we thought his accuracy down and say what you want when you just eyeball tested Kyler Murray on a given Sunday, whether he's playing the Niners or playing some random shitty team, I felt like he popped every time I watched him guy where you just went, yeah, that works. He's got a better arm than Jimmy, right? His running is elite. Well, I was, he is guy. He's an accurate passer. Yeah. Wouldn't you just say as simply as this, like what keeps you up at night more quote unquote, if you're a defensive coordinator, Kyler getting ready is. for Kyler, getting ready. Now what keeps you up at night is getting ready for Kyle Shanahan, right? Would the Niners, from a Niners would standpoint. the Niners, would the Niners straight up right now trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Kyle Shanahan? I think uh, they would. Kyler Murray. I think, I they, think would. they would too. Now that's what makes this next one complicated. Would the, would the, would the Cardinals? No, they would not. No, no. Even if, if Cliff wasn't their coach. Um, now, would you, would you, if you were Steve Kime, trade Kyler Murray straight up for Jimmy? No, Garoppolo? I would not. I would not either. Now I would, I also would not trade Jimmy for Kirk Cousins. Now with Kyle, I don't know, maybe, but I don't think Kirk belongs ahead of Jimmy on this list. Although every time you say that, you just look at Kirk's numbers, right? Have you ever done that exercise? I know you have, where you go, Kirk Cousins stinks. And then you pull up his stats and you go, oh, he was 69%, 26 touchdowns, six picks. He had a good year. <laughs> he had a good year. No oh, the year before he was 70%, 30 touchdowns, 10 picks. Oh, the year before he was 27 and 13. How many good years does he put together before we talk about him like he's good? His two years in Miami on, or excuse me, in Minnesota on paper, if I said just this player X, you didn't know who their quarterback was. I gave you the win-loss record. I said they won a road playoff game. I said... They had signed him to a three-year contract. Then after two years, they extended yep. him. 8,000 yards go, passing, 70% passer, 56 touchdowns, and 16 picks. Would you be shocked when I say they extended him after two years? No, I go, of course the they did. Yeah. I think a huge part of it, and this back what I'm saying, 
of all the quarterbacks in the NFL that are functional and are actually pretty good, he is by far the most polarizing still to this moment, I think. Even more than Jimmy. And part of it's the money, but it's just, he is what he is. Because to me, he's an eye test guy where you go, I don't know. Man. And that's where we go with Jimmy, the Saints game, the Ravens game. You, there have been games where I go, I don't know if I could rely on Kirk to do that in, in, in this type of environment. I got two guys, though, that I I would take Jimmy Garoppolo over Kirk Cousins and over Jared Goff. And, and maybe I'm too hard on Jared Goff. I've just pivoted very, very strongly as a philosophy in the NFL. I don't do pocket quarterbacks that can't move at all. I, I think those days, the way the game's played and the way the offensive linemen now are in the NFL, it's hard to function. I personally think Jimmy, like if I could choose one quarterback, if I was Kyle Shanahan, I would take Jimmy over Dak. Now, I don't feel as confident on that, and I think on this list, Dak's way ahead of Jimmy, right? Because he's ahead of that group of guys. He's ahead, He was ahead of Kyler. He was right behind, I think, Carson. Yeah, D- Dak is 12, Tier 2, 12 overall. The, so the last of Tier 2. I, and I think what's fair about Dak to like argue against Jimmy, I've seen four years, he's played every game, Like he has a longer resume, there's more to trust. And I say I have no problem there. Because I, I, I would agree with, you. if you're doing this of like the more talented guy and definitely last year and just you kind of balance what's happened before and what happens moving forward, Carson has to be above Dak. I would not take Phillip Rivers in 2020, middle late July. Sorry, who Jimmy has to Garoppolo be above Dak? Right Carson Wentz. Oh, like, okay. I think they yeah, got that yeah, right. Yeah, no question. Because I think, I, and I, got, I understand putting Dak above Jimmy and definitely Carson's got to be above both of them. I, Philip Rivers guy is just too high for me. Yeah, and, 13. And I, I personally, I think Ro- if you told me Roethlisberger and Cam Newton were just not on the list, they were in their own tier, the biggest wild cards in the league, I could live with that. But I, I, I don't know how I'd rank those two. Like, who do you trust more this year, Jimmy Garoppolo or Ben Roethlisberger? How Jimmy. Could you say, yeah, how could and you I'd not say I'd say the same Jimmy? about Rivers. Me too. You know, you could argue Rivers, but the, unlike Rivers – or unlike Cam and Ben, like, Rivers fucking played last year. He was just shitty. Now, I thought they did a good job. I thought his was one of the more insightful ones. Like, he had to get the hell out of there. It was just in a bad spot. He was in a place where no one could hold him accountable. He was, like, always just like, I tried, guys. And he's like, you know, this is the NFL. You can't keep saying that when we're paying you $30 million. Stop saying I tried. I love you, Philip. But that was, like, his big deal. Like, I'm just... I'm laying it all on the field. Well, how about you just fucking check the ball down instead of heaving it down the field? Like, Jimmy can't pull off those comments, right? I tried. No, Jimmy. Check the ball down. That's the thing. We're talking quarterbacks. We're talking 25-plus million dollars. The standard for these guys, like it or not, kind of like LeBron James, they're held to a standard that's unfair. But Jimmy also doesn't have the Phillip freedom, right? Like, one of the quotes is on Garoppolo, when he gets going, he is not bad. You can kind of tell what the coach is thinking with some of his calls. The fact that Kyle is so good helps Jimmy. It also gets used against Jimmy. Yeah, I, I think Kyle's Kyle's element in the Jimmy conversation limits Jimmy's upside in a conversation, what people think about him, right? Yes, but but I also think part of it maybe is just <clears throat> hit his his physical traits like one thing is absolutely clear from this the executives the people that the 50 people that voted and the people that spoke to sando about jimmy believe that jimmy that the rest of his career will be talking about him like cousins 
for the rest of his career, there will be a debate about how good he is, which is not what happens with tier one and even tier two quarterbacks. That's what they. I agree. I felt like reading this article, they felt like maybe not peaked, but he does not have top tier one upside. And when I even say tier one, you know, the way they view like a top 10 quarterback in this league, because a top 10 quarterback is a mixture of the two. Yeah. That he is kind of destined to be somewhere between, what was he on this list? Uh, 17? 17. Yep. So uh, wouldn't you say like 17 to 12 in that kind of range, right? And with the ability to fire back down to like the 20s. Right. But like Carson, Wentz could be yeah, number like every, two on everyone this list said, in three years. Every one of them said, like, listen, we played him last year. Little inconsistent. Talent is a one. Talent is a one. You didn't see any of people just be like, Jimmy scares the shit out of well, you. Well, think about it. Lamar Jackson, seven. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying this is... Yeah, but a huge, a huge element of this list is throwing. Like, they didn't give him that much credit running. No, no, no. My point is just... This is one of the most super, like his talent ceiling is through the roof, and he's yeah. seventh on this list, right? Yeah, seventh. Now he it's could be difficult. one one day, but right now he's seventh. And and Jimmy, from just a talent standpoint, you go well, it's not close. Now there, now, I think maybe there are four it's a guys talent on, we're talking about, but there are four guys on this list that are ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo that you'd say in two years are not going to be in the league anymore. Yeah, Breeze, Brady, Roethlisberger, Rivers. Mm-hmm. So then, to me, it's like. Of the Goffs, Dax, Jimmy, I think Derek's still kind of a wild card. If is any Cam of those still guys a wild can card? Con- yeah, I mean he's only thirty-two years old. Baker, Some of these guys, they get their mojo back. Who? Baker, jo- here, like Josh Allen's behind him. Baker's behind. Yeah, him. Yeah, Sam Darnold. I, you know, some of these one, two of those guys in that group. Let's even take Dak and Carson out of it. Let's just take Jimmy, Jared Goff. I don't think Cousins is kind of limited. Baker, Sam, Josh are just going to become a star player. It just it's inevitable, I think. Right? And I would lean I don't know where I I would I just think Jimmy's in a may, way better situation than Sam Darnold. Josh just has physical he's just not accurate. <laughs> Baker he does look actually kind of skinny. You see some pictures. No. I think he did make a big conscious effort to get skinnier and his team is pretty loaded. Uh Derek We'll get into him here in a minute. I think Jared Goff, like his physical limitations, moving in 2020, it's it's hard, guy. I you know he and his his offensive line isn't very good. So and think about the defensive line in his division, the way Seattle wants to play. Jamal Adams can blitz. Niners defensive lines loaded. The Panthers, or excuse me, the Cardinals. Chandler Jones have Chandler Jones and Isaiah Simmons as a blitzer yeah. too. So you just like Jared. I think Jared's a more natural passer than Jimmy. Like, just when he's in a rhythm, to me, he's just an elite. Like, he went number one overall. He went number one overall. And it wasn't that crazy. He just, he can't move. And that, to me, is an underrated part that no one ever talks about Jimmy. Like, Jimmy has big-time athleticism to make shit happen. And I, I feel like that never gets talked about, yeah, guy. Yeah. But, but that's an easy one to see when you eyeball him, right? When you just watch him, you go, God, this guy gets out of the pocket, makes plays. Or gets around. Yeah. I think his feel in the pocket is is Middlecoff quote elite I think he's his feel in the pocket I said because I said get out of the pocket but a lot of it is within the pocket understanding how to move so uh the guy he, he he went to the you know Harvard level pocket presence playing with Tom true. for three and a half years right it's the other part just watching his release always looks like Tom well that's what Kyle Juszczyk in the in the uh top 100 thing 
said that he thought he had, if not the quickest, the top two or three quickest release in the league, which is a big deal. Right, I think he's got more going for him than going against him. Yeah, but but again, one of the things going for him is that he plays for Kyle Shanahan, and that gets used against him. Yes. Uh, before we get on to Derek Carr, John, let's just tell the people about DraftKings. Get the promo code HAM in on DraftKings right now. Uh, NBA is starting up, so fantasy basketball, here we go. Just pick eight players. You stay under the cap, points, three-pointers, rebounds, assists, all that. When you use the code HAM, you've got a shot at a million dollars with your first deposit. Code HAM. Free shot at a million bucks with your first deposit. And, of course, you want to get in because you want to be in our big money DraftKings PGA Championship game next week. Yes, as of recording this, I think we got less than 10 this week. Spots Download available. the DraftKings app. Yeah, we're going to have – we've been playing it every week. We're going to play it right until football season. Then we're going to do football games. Might be a week where we have to do multiple matches, right? A football one and a golf yeah. one because I'm pretty sure the Masters and the U.S. Open are happening during the NFL season – so it, fantasy golf, fantasy football, fantasy basketball, you, you were saying you played fantasy baseball yesterday? I played uh, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, yeah. Did you play over a weekend or did you play daily fantasy I played daily. Day? I played DraftKings each day, yeah. Yeah, I got you. So, I mean, the, the options are endless. I don't know Trevor how Trevor Bauer got me 35 normal. points. Easy one. Don't know how anyone played normal fantasy once you play daily no, fantasy I know. guy. I, I I don't know how it's possible. That's why we love our friends at DraftKings. Download the app. Download the app. Promo code HAM. And like you said, you get in our game, you're on our mailing list. That's right. So, so you get the got, first invites. We gotta yeah. call it something other than a mailing list. Like you're on the ham you're behind the ham red rope. <laughs> you're on the VIP. You're dog. on the VIP. There it is. You're on the VIP. Because you get the first invitations. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It's a load of fun. And um, you come play with us. Uh, okay, so Derek Carr, John. Shout out to the Oakland Raiders, who are one of three teams to have two quarterbacks on the Mike Sando top 35 QB tiers. The other two teams I, are the Carolina Panthers, Teddy and Kyle Allen, Kyle Allen at 35th, and the New England Patriots. And the New England Patriots with Cam and Jarrett Stidham. But keep in mind, Marcus Mariota comes in 27th ahead of Tyrod Taylor, ahead of Drew Locke, ahead of Gardner Minshew, ahead of Mitchell Trubisky. So... The Raiders' backup quarterback is actually ahead of some NFL starters on this list. Carr comes in at 20 for the second straight year. Here would be my first response if you have two quarterbacks on this list. Pretty big red flag. Would you agree with that? I would agree that maybe we have not viewed Mariota's presence as much of a threat to Derek's starting job as the executives and coaches surveyed do. Let me rephrase that. I'm not talking necessarily a red flag toward Derek, though indirectly it is. I'm saying if you're a team and you have two quarterbacks on this list, that's not ideal, right? You want to have one starting quarterback that's a no-brainer in the eyes of the league. Right. But the easy way to do that league, would be to not sign Mariota, and then you'd have one. But I think I when you read you some of these comments, and remember last year when we did this topic, they were actually worse than they than they are this year, and they're still not great. But I thought last year for a guy that was not like 30th in the league, he got eviscerated. He was 20th, but it felt like every 
Like they only yeah, like the guy at nineteen. Whoever remember last year was like somebody at nineteen or twenty one had like nothing but positivity around him. For example, here is the first quote from an exec: "Disappointing, inspires no confidence anymore, but too talented to be anything less than a three. Because here, here's what: if I just text a buddy in the league, who has a better arm, Car, Car Garoppolo? He wouldn't hesitate. Car, you know, whose just physical traits are better? Derek's a little bigger. Derek's actually equally as athletic, if not more, but he doesn't move. But his arm talent is top notch." But I think when, when most people talk about Derek, they use the words dink and dunk. Like, part of, we always supported Alex, especially once he kind of got good. Like, part of the reason he's dink and dunk, he can't throw it that far. Like, it's, he does not Joe Flacco. Like, he cannot throw bombs to Torrey Smith. Or when they signed Jeremy Macklin, it was like, well, he can't throw a, a touchdown to a wide receiver. And part of that was unluck. But part of it, like, his action is, I'd say, 15-yard window and in. Like, that's where Alex is right. going to Alex it. is a singles hitter because he doesn't have home run power. People think Derek's a singles hitter because he doesn't try to hit home runs or can't hit home runs or whatever. Yeah, he's exactly. Like, uh, Tony Gwynn hits a lot of fucking singles and doubles because that's what he was. Like, Alex Smith, like, the, uh, Derek, when he came out, what, if you would have said Derek's going to become a $120 million quarterback, I'd be like, I think he's going to become one of the more explosive passers in the league. And that's not what he's become. And I, I think this knock on him is this defensive coordinator says, uh, when things are going well, you see how, what Carr has. And I think Jimmy gets that same type, you know, kind of uh, description. When, when it's going well, and I think Jimmy's a better version right now. When it's going well and he gets in rhythm. When I'm like, playing when good golf hot, and getting 14 strokes, I can take middle cost money. Exactly. And he's playing but when But when the dude gets off, and when they say when, when he gets hit, his whole game changes. And I think there was a period of time early in his career when he ultimately earned the contract. Because I think, you know, second, third year, he was worth getting a big contract early. We both supported it. We actually thought it was cheap on the year that he broke his ankle. I saw a guy that was not scared anymore. They didn't think about the defensive line. And I always got a lot of pushback from people around football being like, well, he has one of the best offensive lines in the league. He doesn't have to think about it, right? It's like, it's easy to drive the lane, try to dunk when you can jump like Russell Westbrook. It's a little harder when you're not getting as much flight and you're going to get taken out. And I think he now thinks about it because, in fairness, his offensive line is nowhere near what it was in its heyday. When it didn't one year, they had four out of five guys made the Pro Bowl, and it was like legit. Donald Penn, Osemele, Rodney, and Gabe. It was like, God, that offensive line is fucking stacked. And now it's just not as good. And I think people think him kind of getting jittery. I think if you just ask most people around the league, they say he gets jittery fast. Like, that's the main knock on him, jittery fast. I mean, look at some of these other quotes. Uh, Making the same critical mistake twice, fumbling out of the end zone while extending the ball. I mean, we've talked about that. Did not sit over the years. Did not sit well with a play caller who added that Carr makes a lot of plays when it's easy and struggled when it's hard, which is another widely held criticism. And then there's this. I, do you, I, on that one, I, I, I think that's fair. I think when they're playing well and he's good, when it gets tough, and this is a big knock on him, right, in the division late in the year in the cold, where when it feels tough, he plays shitty. When they like, play games that arguable. the whole lead up that week is, this is a massive game. He has not it, been good. Uh, an evaluator said, I think Derek has the slight edge on Mariota, but they're both threes, tier threes at this point, and both need help. John loved Mariota coming out. Again, I will generalize all these comments to say 
the league thinks that Marcus Mariota has a better chance to quote unquote beat Derek out than I do, or at least than I did, and probably still do. I've just watched them both a lot. I think I think Derek's ceiling is still higher, but the league clearly thinks there's something more here, which you could argue, guys, how would you not think that? They just paid their backup quarterback $7 million, right? Why would you yes. think that he's just going to sit down with a baseball cap for the season? Well, you'd say, barring an injury, Derek Carr starting week one. <clears throat> Where I think it's changed this year, different from the last two years under Gruden, is there is going to be a conversation if they're not winning week seven, week five, week ten, whatever. Because they don't have a Peterman. They don't have a Mike Glennon. They got fucking Marcus Mariota, which this quote, John loved Mariota coming out. And I remember when they signed him and and Mayock did the Zoom. He said, you know the great part about us when we pitch a player, especially a younger player in this league? Google what I thought about you, where I had you. What, I, when I tell you you were the number one player on my board, you don't have to just trust me. Fucking just type it into Google. John... With John, you don't need to because we all knew. Like, he did love Marcus Mariota. And, and in fairness, a lot of people did. And I think you and me were like one of the rare ones. Like, are we sure of this hype? We were. Guy, he was like the from, Hawaiian from Steve one. Young. I felt like most people, it was pretty, I don't want to overgeneralize, but 90-plus percent of people in college and pro football kind of thought he was going to be a star. It's like, are we, are we been watching the same? Like, kind of... I. I feel Star. like most people kind of described him like Steve Young. Like he was going to be Steve, he was going to be a taller Steve Young. Yep. Generational passer. Somebody said to us. And that has not played out. And that's where I do think Derek has a huge advantage. Well, well his advantage is he just he's been in this offense now 2 years. But if you don't play well, like it doesn't matter like you, your practice and shit doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Like if you if the team's 2 and 5 and Derek's playing bad in games, it doesn't matter that he knows the offense or works hard in practice. No. That's that's where football changes is the games outweigh all the other stuff, which is Derek's, Derek's biggest advantage right now as a we as we're recording this, right, in all training camp, that Marcus can't overcome until the games happen. And he can overcome it just by sitting there and also knowing the offense, right, and just letting a guy fail. I mean, it's out of his control, but – if there, if it's not going well, there will just be questions, and I, I do think ultimately Mariota. If Derek does not play well, Mariota will play this year, right? Yeah, I would say I think we're just going to see. I think we're going to see Mariota on some level, regardless of how good Derek is. I, I think if Derek is playing really, really well, I think we'll still. I think Gruden will still use Mariota in some packages or something. I I have a hard time seeing Gruden just let Mariota stand there on the sideline. And not use him at all. Not use what he views. It. I, I think we're going to see him one way or the other. And maybe it's maybe if they're playing really well in blowouts, but we're going to see Mariota this year. You don't pay a guy seven million dollars uh, and then never bother to see what he looks like on the field. Here's what a former coach said about Mariota. I think John Gruden, if he committed to him, could do what he did with Rich Gannon because I think the guy has some really good ability. Mariota has issues keeping his eyes down the field, which he does. But I think he was in a tough position there in Tennessee with the combination of things they had going on. At some point, you have to overcome whatever it is. Uh, a defensive coordinator thought on Mariota, will get rid of the ball like Gruden wants, and he will be a dink and dunk guy. While laboring, while laboring, while labeling, can't even speak, Mariota a four, 
because he does not read defense as well. Read the last honestly, quote. Yeah. Honestly, if you watched the tape last year, Tannehill versus Mariota, and you were totally unbiased, Tannehill outplayed him and should have been the starter from day one. We played Mariota twice, this one. beat him both times, and he was awful. Yeah. Now, he was not good last year. Like he, His tape last year was really bad. But I think Gruden and Mayock would tell you, we don't give a shit, right? That Clearly. last year doesn't mean anything to us. Do you think any other team was offering him $7.5 million? No. But think about how, how few teams exist. Now, they got him. But how many teams, we've talked about this a million times, really needed a quarterback? Like that they would. If you had to, if you had to guess what Mariota siphon the Raiders out, what his market would have been in the league last year? Just a number. Two million, two, two and a half. Two, yeah. <laughs> so that's where I do think there is a lot of validity in the front office and the head coach like this guy, which is not ideal for Derek. If if things go well, he's I mean, fun. do you think the Saints offered him four million dollars? No, because they. They had to pay, uh, what's his name? Oh, the fake backup. They had to give him that little extension. Yeah, and, you know, Breeze makes $25 million. No, I don't think they were in the that business this year. And I don't think you could justify it like it's pretty risky. He might just not be good anymore, right? Yeah. Because at first when they got Teddy, he was cheap, and then Teddy got good under them, and they felt good about it, and then they made him the highest paid backup, right? I think... Like I, I still think it's pretty risky to pay Mariota seven million. Like, there's a chance he's not a good NFL player. Like that, that's to me where it was trending. Like Haberman, Milkoff were right. Now I didn't think it was going to be this bad. Don't, don't I, get me no, wrong. I, I wasn't. I didn't. I think wasn't betting against him either. being like borderline out of the league. But I didn't never thought he was going to be like some generational player. Yeah. But I we've just seen this situation in in NFL history. Who, if you're listening and you're 30 years old, I mean you've seen it 30 times, right? A quarterback kind of on shaky ground. He's not the head coach's guy. They bring in another quarterback. It's clear that the GM and the coach like. It's a little different with no fans, right? Because boos happen. That's and a like, great point. Legitimate pressure. Yeah, the, the boos happen. Uh, so that won't take place. I mean, Mark Davis won't even be But I know guy. this. Gruden gets mad before the boos start usually. 100%. So, yeah. I do think there's pressure on this team. We're seeing all these pictures of Vegas. Like, I know there are no right. fans, so it does change a little bit. But to be good, so if they start slow, yeah. I, I think he's on a short leash, guy. Yep. We got everything this organization has always said it needed. First-class facilities, new weight room, all in from the community, right? We got everything we ever wanted. We got our coach. We've drafted a lot of players early in the last two drafts. Sweets. Running bathrooms at a stadium. Empty suites, but nonetheless, everyone can have their own bathroom. Well, as Mark would say, it's not. He'd fill those bad boys up. Uh, all right, John. John Lynch. John Lynch was on KNBR talking about a couple of things. Um, KNBR Radio in the Bay Area. And uh, you, you'll start with, let's start with Kittle. Yeah. This is what he said about Kittle on KNBR um, about a contract. I can tell you we're working in earnest because it's very important to us. Also said that he thought that uh, Kittle would show up and work, prepare, that sort of thing. Players are reporting. Um, the You know, we've talked about Lynch a lot. I think one thing you say consistently with him is he is a calm, steady, kind of has a work-with-the-players mentality because he is a player. Um, calm, steady influence, all that sort of stuff. I don't know where this is going to go in terms of what 
Kittle gets or when he gets it. I do think organizationally we can say with confidence it's not going to get too weird or certainly I don't think it'll get ugly. Um, and I would say at this point I would I can say I believe they will get an extension done with George Kittle at some point. I would be a little surprised if something doesn't get done before the season. Now again, this season is very unique. It is no it's unprecedented. There's no fans, the typical media stuff. It's it's going to feel a little bit different leading up to the year. But I do think if you look at the Dodgers for example, and I'm not saying Kittle Mookie Betts situations are different one guy got traded for. I I do think you want to just stop all conversations with star players that you want to keep. And I'm assuming, like it was clear the Dodgers weren't trading for this guy to not keep him. I'm like 95% sure that they want to keep him. But if you're telling me that George Kittle's asking for like $65 million and they're seeing how much players are getting traded for, we've talked about this before. They've been, they sniffed around on Austin Hooper. They sniffed around on trading for Evan Ingram. Now, I would push back and say, well, they want two tight ends. And you go, well... What if they just want the cheaper version? Austin Hooper, he was around him for, I think, a year when Kyle was there. You just never know. I, I never discount. If I were, if you would have told me a fucking week ago Seattle would have given two ones a three and a player for Jamal Adams, I'd be like, I don't even think they're that crazy. You just The NFL's gotten nuts. And the Niners, I mean, DeForest Buckner went for pick 13. You just, you never know. But, like, I don't, I, I, he's their best player. And, and it's like, maybe he's kind of crazy or whatever, but it doesn't feel like he's crazy for them in a bad way. No, uh, I, I. But they I just like think it. The money, they like it. They they aren't big on like setting record deals, so that's where I think this thing gets complicated. So we've talked about this topic a lot. As you listen to the podcast, we you're watching on YouTube. We've made several videos about this. One thing I had not thought about until Tuesday was, and we've both said we thought the number could be like 32 million or 38 million. Like the right number would be 32 if the NF, if the team had all the leverage, but comfortably we'd pay him 38 then i saw on tuesday bill barnwell i didn't read the article just saw the twitter headline and it was something along the lines of how kyle Uzcheck is the most is the biggest outlier for his position from a financial standpoint and again if that's not exactly what the article was then that's fine i didn't read it but it just got well, me he was the high, he was the highest paid fullback by a mile well that i know i'm just ago. saying i don't know if yeah. that's exactly what the, but it, what it got me thinking was when you think about Uzcheck, he is his contract is 50% bigger than the next highest paid fullback, right? Part of my argument, if I'm uh, Jack Becta, Kittle's agent, would be, look, if you can view Kyle Juszczyk not as a fullback but as an OW, then you should view my client not just as a tight end but as an OW, an offensive weapon. So if we took the $5 million, by the way, that the second highest paid fullback in the NFL, C.J. Ham, everybody who got that answer right, and use uh, what team he play for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Vikings. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Use checks. Uh, gar- uh, total guarantee at the time of signing was I think nine seven five. Even though the contract's overall worth more than that, right? That that to me is what's stupid about like he's an all. How could you pay a fullback that much money? Well, I'd get if it was like forty million dollars. I gave him nine fucking guaranteed million dollars. Now in the end, and, his, and he's, he might make twenty one million dollars over the life of the yeah, contract. Yeah, but, but, but he's like your full time starter. He's catching balls. He's scoring touchdowns. Like, but but everyone freaked out when he signed the contract because he got nine million dollars guaranteed. So let's say that George Kill is also 
valued beyond his position like Kyle Juszczyk is. And I think we can agree George Kittle is valued beyond his positional comps in the same way that Kyle Juszczyk would they get would they get two first rounders if they made yes. them available tomorrow? Yes, they would. Yeah, yeah, and more. They'd get more than two first rounders for him, right? Yeah, two first rounders a player, two first rounders third round picks. So if Austin Hooper's twenty three million, then I I do think it's reasonable to argue if you're Kittle, I'm an OW, I'm not a tight end. Forty million dollars, let's sign this deal. And do you think with the decreasing cap, which we basically know is going to happen, not to what level we know the minimum it can go. That gives the Niners some leverage of meeting at like 35 or a number that's still way higher than Austin Hooper. But I but I I'm with you. I see you're shaking your head. Like Kittle would just say, guys, I'm I'm one of the best players in the fucking league. He would say, I'm Mookie. Whatever Betts. Jimmy's at 43, where's George Kittle gonna be? If you had to guess right now. Six? Eight? What do you mean? On the on the on the top one oh, Top ten, yeah. What would he be in just non quarterback tiers? Tier what one. Would he be? Tier one. Yeah. He's an elite player, you know, and so, and there and, are players you would take him over that you would say are quote unquote maybe better than him, but positionally he just makes such an impact. He's a dominant, dominant force on every play, right? That's like the knock on the Ertz and even Kelsey. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna block, and even Kelsey would be like, well, catch a hundred balls, and it's true. Kittle can get you ninety, a hundred too, but he's blocking Khalil Mack. To where the, what do the Niners want to do? They want to run. And this guy enjoys blocking. So I, I would try, and I know, that, listen, the Niners are as good as it comes when it gets to money, and this is not an easy situation. I, I know me, and if I was Jed, I, I would just be like, can we actively try to get this done? Assuming Kyle's in love with him, which I think he is. Yeah. Because I, I always, I, I'm not going to be naive. You just never discount. I just, some DMs. Again, I don't put much stock into it. I've just seen enough with the way the NFL's gotten. Unless you're like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson. Remember when Jed, after he fired some people, he said there's no sacred cows? I do think the NFL, like if you just said, what's the NFL's motto? No sacred cows. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could just apply, what would Belichick do? And you'd go, if Belichick would do it, then it's not insane. Because part of always re-signing Gronk for Belichick, when you look at his guarantees, remember they were never like $50 million. Well, and Gronk always wanted to be there with Tom, it turns out, yeah, right? It, it was a very, you know, I don't know if it was team-friendly, but it was, like, mutually friendly. And I, th- I think Kittle, in fairness, would go, like, this guy's – I've been playing for peanuts. Like, it's it's time for me to get that bread. Mm-hmm. And this there's a chance in the next four – like, I have an eight, nine-year career, right? Like, when you go George Kittle, or do you think you're going to say – 16-year NFL career, four contracts. But the Niners would say, that's not a great argument to give you a bunch of guaranteed dollars. No, but I'm saying if you're George, that's why you got to fight for it. Yeah. Like, this this could be it. No, I know. Yeah. And this would be the time to give it to him if you're the Niners, right? You go, okay, we think he's got enough good years that this contract, even if it's bigger, won't come back to buy us based on his production. He will produce for us. Because part of you believes, like, this guy will just find a way to be on the field and impact games, even if he's not every for the next three years as good as he was in 2019. Yes. Right? If he if he in 2022 is not the same player he was in 2019, he he is not going to be a, a net negative for our team. He will still block. He'll still catch balls. He'll still be a leader. Put his body on I the line. I, I think he'd still be one of the better players in the league, even if he's not what he is now. Uh, Debo Samuel, John Lynch said this about his broken foot. I'm not going to put an exact timeline on it, 
But it's fair to say he might miss some games at the start of the year. What does that mean to you? Uh, not good. I mean, I don't know what else to say besides not good. But, I mean, does it mean miss two games or miss five missed September? Games. Yeah, I'd expect a quarter of the season. I mean, he's when he says games, uh, I don't think you'd be like, well, he'll just miss the two and be back for the third. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen how this goes. I also think with younger players, wouldn't you say they have a little history now of of thinking guys were going to come back and then they can't? It's happened now with three or four offensive skill guys. It happened with Trent Taylor twice. It happened with Jalen Hurd last year. It's happened with uh, Jarek McKinnon. It, it, you invested a second-round pick in this guy, and I'd say unlike those guys, this guy is sweet. I, there's no projection. You just go Debo well, Samuel, ball. Unlike those guys, this guy has been on the field for you and produced. If you told me... I don't know. I haven't seen if this rule is still intact. It feels like they're changing all these weird rules. You know how they had like the eight-game IR? You were allowed to pull a guy off IR. You were also allowed to put a guy on IR at the end of training camp, and he could come off immediately halfway through the season. Yeah. If you told me they did that like out of precaution, he wasn't ready, I would understand. I mean, there's a COVID IR, but that's different. I mean, even though we had... Yeah, that, that's separate. Did they get reported that he had COVID officially? Uh I think it's pretty People just well think known that. Okay. on the media circles. But yeah. that's not uh, why he's out. He's out because of No, he's out because his foot's foot. broken. Yeah. 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 But if you t- but my point is if you told me that he missed eight games, like I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. It's on the table right now based on what Lynch said, right? Lynch did not say confidently, we feel like he'll be back to start October, which you would take at this point. I'm being very cautious with this player from the Niners. I can't have him re breaking a foot. I can't have him having a stress fracture because he came back too early. I, I ha- This guy is too important to my team, guy. And you could also say, you look at the schedule, remember, it was a pretty, those first three or four games, you think you could rack up some wins, and then that stretch gets kind of hard. But if you can go five and three and then get him back, you're okay. Now, the counter is you'd be depending on a rookie, a one-year junior college wonder, who, like, videos up on YouTube, broke it down, a lot of views, baller. But that's a lot to ask for no offseason. Trent Taylor, who I, I haven't seen him play in seven years. Jalen Hurd, who coming off a broken back two, three years ago, the guy was a running back in college. Uh, who am I also? Kendrick Bourne? Like, is he your most consistent wide receiver? You're just He's not your number. Dante Pettis? Yeah, th- th- but those are these are the names, guy. Yeah. That, that's why Jack Becta in the back is like, uh, you, you understand why we want 50 million guaranteed, fellas? Right. 60? I'd say yes. Jack, I do. The, and the other thing is, John, it, uh, I, you can't argue this is bad news to start a year, to start a season. It's You wouldn't qualify as good news. And, we, I, and I would say. We did we did know this, though. No, we, we did. Knew we had I'm not saying foot. We this knew miss camp. today is bad news, but I'm just saying generally it's bad news, particularly in a year where now you need to be the one seed if you want that first round buy. So all of a sudden the gap, the margin to be a one seed is just, it's smaller, right? Being a two seed is not good enough anymore. Yeah. I I think you're a little ahead of everyone though. I don't think you're focused on the one seed until like late in this. You're just worried yeah, about winning. No, I'm not saying anybody else would be. I'm just saying if you are not a hundred percent, the whole, you're just giving away a single game early in the year. Yeah. Now it hurts you more than it used to. That's all I'm saying. Well, Jed's like, well, if you're the two seed, you actually get two home games, and then depending if the one seed gets bounced right. in the second round, you could get three home games. And in this year, games. that's going to be critical. <laughs> yeah. Or you could argue this year it doesn't matter at all whether or not you're getting yeah, home this revenues year, this or year, not. This year doesn't matter as much. But, yeah. 
Someone did text me with the Niners said Jarek McKinnon is looking good. I didn't even respond to the text. It's like, oh, cool. Kind of, you know, it's like, wake me up. I mean, come on. Now, now you, if you told you're just me. A, you're just ignoring Kyle's text now? No. Uh, <laughs> I told LaFleur and McDaniels I'm going to group text. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> they shoot me the game plan every week. Be- right before Gruden does. Yeah. Gruden and Mark Bedane. You're telling me Papa has a secret feed of Trent Taylor's workouts? Is that how he texted that? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. No, no, no uh, training camp for the first time for me in a, a long time. Which, you yeah, know, I'm not, not totally complaining about. You know? uh, John, podcast brought to you in part by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn.com slash ham. When you use the code ham, you get $50 off your first job posting. Right now, LinkedIn.com slash ham. Talking to some business owners. Hiring people is harder than you think it would be, it turns out, because, you know, some people are getting paid to be at home. So LinkedIn.com slash ham. You need to find good people. That's where you go. LinkedIn.com slash ham. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash ham. 675 million users on uh, LinkedIn. Last time I checked, that's a lot of people, guy. It searches all the hard, soft skills, has a lot of queries you can run. You can find the exact type people you're looking for. You're on it. I'm on it. I would imagine everyone listening is on it. Even if you have a job, even if you own a, we're all on it. So we can find people. Post healthcare or essential job service, it's got it all. LinkedIn.com slash ham. LinkedIn.com slash ham. There you go. A uh, couple other things, John. Baseball, as of the recording of this podcast, the uh, Marlins are on pause. My takeaway from this story was first of all, everybody within. Th- 20 minutes of this story coming out on Monday and they've added positive tests since Monday. What are they up to now? 15 or 17 or something. But everybody was making big proclamations before we knew how many guys had tested positive. Why? I'm still waiting to find out why they tested. Did they break protocol or did they operate within the proper protocols? I think we know now, right? That no Phillies who they played tested positive, but a lot of people are reaching a lot of conclusions. We'll find out as the days go on. But to me, there's a few things to be learned here, and there's some blame to be placed beyond the Marlins who agreed to play via group text. I could say a few things confidently. One, there is no way that an NFL team would get cleared to play an NFL game based on a decision that they make in their own locker room, right? And I tweeted this the other day. NFL coaches, because of the concussion protocols that the NFL has had in place for a while now, NFL coaches now are used to be being told by their doctors, this, even though this guy looks like you can put him back in the game, can't go back in the game, right? And that, that was a really rocky situation when you say like 14, 15, 16. Like it was weird at first right. when that got implemented. Because right. they, were, they were used to being the grand poobah by saying, get back in there. Right. Is, so, But what the NFL did, it turned out, even though it was hard for them to accept over time, was... Took it out of their hands. Took it yeah. out of their hands. They don't even have to think about it. They don't have to go talk to the player be like, can you give me another one? Right? Just yeah. fine. Give me give me one more rep, dog. And he, I need you. And I would, go live. My guess is if we ask coaches in the long run, they go, you know what? It just makes... It's Made what, it easier. I don't even have to think yeah. about it. I just move on. Baseball doesn't... Baseball has concussion protocol, but... You know, it's not really something they deal with a lot. And so the Marlins kind of put a lot of people in, in this position by not having any So protocol. they tested they, – they knew that they had tested positive or they hadn't got their test back and guys were feeling so weird and they played anyway? They had like three positive tests. 
and they still played. And they played a game while everyone else's tests were pending. They did not have the results of everyone else's test. But those guys with the positive test did not play. They didn't play. play but the right. other ones were pending. But other okay. ones were pending, and then they played this That's game. That's what I thought. Now, the good news is— And Don Mattingly said, I saw he had a quote, I would have done it again or something. Yeah, it's like just so stupid. But baseball, to me, this is one of the keys here. Now, the NFL has built its schedule, right? And we talked about this when the schedule came out, where they can just lop off week one, week two, week three, week four, and they're not going to have to do any major reshuffling of the schedule because the schedules complement each other that they can easily do that. College football, we'll see what happens with college football, but they went conference only in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and the main reason is not safety. The main reason is when you go conference only, you can adjust your schedule very easily. Right, you just take off game, and they might have gives a, you a lot of gives you a lot of wiggle ton room. of wiggle room. Now, baseball took forever to come up with a schedule, an agreement to play. Finally, when they reached their agreement, all they had left to play was sixty games, which Robert Rob Manford basically said that's all we wanted to play anyway. They've only given themselves what do they have sixty six days to play sixty games? It's sixty six or sixty seven days to play sixty games, which is crazy. Yeah. What they needed to do was build in the the uh, uh, off days, not when teams have like the Marlins had seventeen positive. That's you just that's something else entirely. But they had to build to me. They had to build in flex days so that it was easy to take a day off when tests are pending. When you just got all these extra days, when you're waiting on tests that no one feels the pressure. Let's rush a team onto the field when we've had positives. When we've had positives. And the test on the rest of the team is pending. But they didn't work that into their schedule. To me, what I think a lesson here for the NFL would be is to have a day out of the week in everybody's practice week where you're not on the field and where your preparation is via Zoom. So that if you're running back test positive on Monday and everyone takes tests on Monday and tests are pending on Tuesday – Everybody is already kind of prepared in their schedule and from a mentality standpoint that Tuesday now has to be a Zoom day. We've had a positive test and the results of everyone else's tests are pending. We're now not going to be on the field Tuesday, but we're going to be ready to prepare for a game anyway. Well, that's where I think that the NFL is lucky. On a given week, because of the CBA, they mandate Tuesdays are off, right? So the players get Tuesday off no matter what. And the winning team, which is half the league every week, gets Monday off as well. So you usually get multiple weeks. Here's the other thing when you say the NFL really has working for it is once they get the guys back in shape, you know, after this month or kind of gauge where they're at, they had an entire off season of doing shit on Zoom. So if they had to do a day on Zoom away, don't you think they are easily the most equipped? I thought Coward had a good tweet yesterday because when everyone was freaking out, my response is like, maybe baseball is in trouble. There's a major difference between football and baseball. These guys are all traveling, right? They're in and out of the plane, going to hotels. Football travels eight days a year. And now with no preseason, literally eight days a year and then the playoffs. So really, you are, have to be focused. One of my main takes for football, unlike baseball, is you're moving around, you're going to these hotels. In football, the biggest thing is every night when you go home, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on like J.J. Watts and the Richard Shermans, whoever that player is on your team, to be on your young guys like guys. This year's going to suck. You can't be going out. It's I guess in some states it'll be easier because there's nowhere to go. But in a lot of these states, like if you're playing in Atlanta or New Orleans, like you, it's not private. You can go out. you got to go home. It's on you to have self-responsibility. But you're not out. You're not like moving out and 
traveling, right? right? So it is, it is, it to me it does. People acted on social media like it paralleled football. It actually doesn't really. They have like the Marlins did like they were they were traveling. Yeah, I think what could and as of the recording of this, we don't. I think we know that the Phillies did not test positive positive after they played that game. I think that would have been really unsettling is if you had a team that passed it to another team that quickly right now obviously the sports are different but what I'm saying John is part of me wonders if you almost should not have the built-in off day like instead of it being off it should just be a built-in well see digital guy, that's day. the problem with the un- with the unions because it, it becomes my point my point being if you have a built-in zoom day on Tuesday then if Thursday, which is a big practice day, you have a problem, it's okay. You can take that day because you already used Tuesday to prepare. But you're right. That that might be harder to execute. My point is just the flexibility here for the NFL is not just going to be in the games and being able to take a week off. The flexibility is also going to be in the practice schedules. When you've had a positive test and you're waiting for other tests to come back. Because I think three months ago, one of the things we always talked about was if you can get tests that give you a result immediately, it's going to make this easy. But clearly, we don't have that. So now you've got this in-between world where you've had a test and everyone else, you got some other guys that don't have symptoms, but they're, you don't know the results of their test yet. So you feel like you could put them on the field, but the test is still pending. And that is, I think, where you can get in trouble. It's, once you've had positive tests, you know we're quarantining those people. But the, the Marlins issue now came from they played a game and thankfully it doesn't look like the Phillies got affected when they had tests pending and that's where they're getting which, some which is which is also going to be though a big deal in football it hasn't happened really to a prominent baseball player yet that if if I tell you that Richard Sherman has got corona right or JJ Watt or like these prominent players and they can't play for two weeks yeah, like that is going to be a massive story right feels inevitable in baseball uh, and maybe a lot of guys in football have just already got it Right, I, I don't know. I just, it's going to be pretty complicated, <laughs> I think. But I do think football is way, it's the setup is way different than baseball, right? It's why a lot of people were kind of half joking when Clemson, all those players got it, like, or Alabama or some of these teams in the SEC. Is that a bad thing? Especially, we don't know. I think if you can conduct it again or you know get it again, I think that's one of those. Most people thought that once you got it, you were good. And then I've read some other things people don't know. I lean on this. Once you're good, you're good. But who knows? Maybe it can come back. I think in forms of other symptoms, whatever. But yeah, and a lot, some guys get it. They're asymptomatic. I, I've read that a lot. Like a lot of guys that get it, especially younger people, are asymptomatic. It never. I know someone who was asymptomatic, never impacted them. So does that just go away? Can at any moment it just kick in and you get the symptoms? It's part of the unknown about this. And I think why the leagues, why the people that are very anti-sports, again the sports media, shut it down. Uh, I know the Chronicle ran a big thing. Baseball shut down immediately. Is that uh, this is, see? Again, this is this like is, what I tweeted the other day with the Kyle Brandt tweet. Is when you see people talking generally, media members, they're usually just taking shots at specific people. Yeah, and I but, think Brandt was like, going at Florio. Yeah, again, they're not they're not playing for you. They're not playing for me. These players are playing this. Let me say this very very straightforward for the fucking money. That's why the players are playing. That's why the owners are playing. If they if they could get by and everyone would get paid and no one would lose any money and you didn't have to play, they would gladly do it. Yeah. But it's why 
you know, it's why all of us, if you're listening and you're working on the side, we would all just hit pause until this ended and just be happy. But that's not possible. That's right. right we now. would have been like, you know what? For mental health, we're not going to do 19 hypothetical topics uh, on uh, June 15th. But yeah, whatever. It's kept us young. And it's kept you around, which is good. And we've we've been able to grow the podcast, which is a beautiful thing. So anyway, I, I, I've really enjoyed more than I even expected to the first four days of baseball. I hope they don't fuck this up as a sport. But, but again, I think one lesson here is we've spent all of our time coming up with what do we do when we have positive tests? And I think what baseball is showing is the other thing you have to be ready for is what do we do when we don't have pos- when we have a positive test and we have 30 other tests pending? Do we play that game? Right. And, and your and what your point was, and it was dead on, they put themselves in a predicament yep. where they don't have much time. No, and they and, and again, if they because what they should have done is played sixty games in eighty five days. But if they, it's why the it's it's why the NBA did the bubble where they thought they could just corral it and time was on their side because they can just keep the virus out. Right, 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 right. But if you're not going to keep the virus football, out, then you got to give yourself a lot of time to do things the right yeah. way. And, and that's what football says. If we got to start week one, October fifteenth, we fucking gladly will. And baseball didn't have that going for them. Once they pushed it back, because they could have played, had two months of games over four months. No, but right? the players would have been like, no, well, if we're going to have four months, then we're going to play four months of games because I want to get paid for all these games. So that's why it's on everybody. But I, but I, but I got it. I thought only the owners are greedy. It's on that's everybody. That's what Twitter's told me. Um, restaurants, John? You got any? Yeah. By the way, Pink Onion has the ham pod now up and available on the website. Thank you, Matt. It's not on, like Love Caviar, it. it's not on their update, but it's there. If you go to, like, DoorDash, it's there. So just know it's there, Pink Onion. Um, latest restaurant, again, you got a restaurant you're a part of, one you love. We're getting a lot of friends. Like, we found out about Pink Onion because Matt DM'd you. He owns the place. We're getting people who are friends of places. So this one I got, Instagram DM, restaurant shout-out support. Jay Hogan says, I live in Redwood City. You should shout-out. Not Italian here, John. Donato e Iria. Just Donato, D-O-N-A-T-O, then the letter E, then I-R-E with a little thing above it, then an A. Uh, the owner is Donato Scotti, super awesome from, uh, from Italy, good friend of ours. It is literally our cheers. We go there every Friday, and everyone knows everyone. I think I hope I'm awesome. saying that one night. Donato e Iria. Uh, he also has a restaurant called Cento, C-E-N-T-O in the city, and... Donato and Co. in Berkeley, we pregame there before all the Cal games. So I'm sorry, my Italian is bad. That's Donato, let me see there, if I just type in Donato. It's a lot of Italian food. I, I, guy, I could go for some pasta right now. I am starving. Middle cop starting to fade. Uh, Donato, hold on, John. Let me get you this. Donato restaurant. Oh, yeah, here. It comes right up. If you just type in Donato restaurant, uh, it comes up in Redwood City. It comes up on Ashby and Berkeley. So there you go. But we're talking about, I think the Redwood City one is the one that's uh, open right now. I'll pregame there in 2020. Oh, John, it's for, on uh, Middlefield Road. Oh, In Redwood City. So it's right up here. Ooh, great patio. Holy, this place looks sweet. Well, it's probably hopping right now, the patio. All right. On that note, adios, Pelota. Adios. Godspeed. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.